Welcome everybody to the Eric Anders Lang Show. Very excited for today's show. We're on set in Cabo, and before I get to our very esteemed and interesting and interested guest, my favorite type, uh, I want to say thank you to Precision Pro, our wonderful podcast sponsor here, makers of great, I was going to say podcast equipment, but it's actually um, range finders and other things to help your golf game. Head over to precisionprogolf.com and use the code Eric. Eric, <laughs> to get $20? $20 off. I should know this by now. Uh, but they've been supporting Random Golf Club for a long time. Very excited for their involvement. And also, new sponsors of the show, Lab Golf. Uh, we don't have a discount code, but it's just a fucking sick putter. And also, Tacoma. Tacoma, we also don't have a discount code, um, but it's a great iron, and they got some new irons out. Yeah, really what they'll do is they'll take shots off your game. So they'll take shots 15, off your game. Fifteen percent off your game. Because, and you know who else will take shots off your game? Our team guest, Dave Fink. Dave. Welcome to the show. Can we cue some fake applause? Yeah, sure, sure, sure. Welcome to the show, Dave Fink. Thank you, thank you. The crowd is going wild. Thank you to all of my adoring fans. I appreciate <laughs> it. No, thanks for having me, man. This is like seriously special. Thank you. It's been a long time coming. Has it? Yeah, I think I mean, it has. Well, considering that I first emailed you in 2018 i think it was 16 16 yeah you sent it might have been i think it was 16 yeah i remember because because we we'll were pull, we'll pull it up and get the exact date we've been in cabo for a week dave was on the breaking series we'll get to all of this dave lives in la we've got a lot of mutual friends but when be the ball was trying to come out which it still is uh the feature documentary about golf and meditation dave uh you 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 supported the Kickstarter. Yeah, I mean, I was brand new to golf and um, quickly realized how being athletic and all those things are definitely a plus, but, man, it's a mental grind. Yeah. And then, you know, the second that I hear somebody on social saying, this is tough mentally, I'm like, okay, now this guy's speaking my language. Because I feel like I can execute golf shots, but gosh, that whole other part. I, I like to say that golf is 20% physical and 90% mental. Because <laughs> it doesn't make, it doesn't really add up. It doesn't make sense. Yeah. But um, yeah, yeah. So then uh, when I saw that, um, it spoke, it just spoke to me. And so then I tried it. I was like, all right, yeah, I'm willing to try anything. By trying it, what do you, what do you mean? Like specifically? Um, Always in my golf career, I've kind of, I've tried to kill the, I've tried to have an ego death because I feel like that's how you get better, right? I, I want to admit when I, I'm not good at things and um, what's the definition of stupidity? Doing the same thing over and over again, expecting different results. So I'm like, so let me change something. And so the podcast, uh, was it a podcast? It, 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 it's, it's, it's interesting because it wasn't a podcast. There was a podcast that did come out in 2018, which is this I don't know what episode we're on, but it's nearing 300, right? 260. At this point, like 275, probably. 275. Um, good driving distance with the three wood. Um, <laughs> no, but this was what you're referring to is I had released the meditations that we used from Be the Ball on SoundCloud. Okay, okay. So this is exact. So this is what I'm talking about. I went on SoundCloud, and I would go in my room or if I got to the course early, I'd, I'd sit in the car and turn the car off and just make sure I was in a place, you know, that I could focus. And, um, and I'd listen 
start to finish. And what was it? Twenty minutes. I think we're about exactly thirty minutes. Twenty minutes. Twenty. Some were twenty because some were thirty, but I'd listen to the whole thing. And um, the first time that I did it, and at that point, you know, shooting in the seventies for me was like definitely possible, but didn't happen as much as I felt like it should happen. Um, first of all, hang on, just just to give you context here. He's talking about shooting in the 70s after, at this time, playing golf for two years. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah probably around two years. Like an athlete. A year dude. and a half or something. Naturally gifted. We, I, we'll get to this, too, but as a spoiler alert, we, we went to the range last night at the vibiest golf course in Cabo. So sick. The Muni here, uh, Cabo San Lucas Country Club. And you gave me a lesson, and I've had a lot of lessons. I'm sure you have, With yeah. a lot of people. Yeah. Um, I'm sure that if I paid for them, I would be shocked. <laughs> I'm spoiled in that sense. Yeah. Um, but the lessons that I've had were all the same in the sense that they were different from the one that you gave me last night. And I can't wait to dig into that because it, it really was no bullshit. Um, a different experience for a lot of reasons. We'll get into it later, but yeah, that's really nice of you to say and flattering. And, but I feel like that's what's made me stand out. Um, because I, I, I'm not teaching PGA Tour players. I'm not, you know, at um, Riviera Country Club as the head pro. Um, and so... Can I, just, can I just pick that apart really quick? We're going to get back to the podcast and, and the, um, the origin of the meditations and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Well, I have to go... Yeah, I'll, I'll but, but that Most professionals, from what I understand, really aspire to go to that highest level. Why do you enjoy being in the mix of the every man, the new golfer? Yeah. So <laughs> I feel like we're skipping ahead in the story, but but, I'm but sure no, 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 no. But, but I definitely explored that avenue because I love golf so much. Oh, maybe I should work at a country club, you know, and, and be a pro there. When you're a pro at a country club, you are teaching the members at the club you're at that club all day every day a lot of the time you have to uh, work in the pro shop for a certain number of hours a week you start as an assistant pro and sometimes you're an assistant pro for 10 12 years and I don't think people realize this but an assistant pro at, at a very nice country club might make entry level 21 22,000 dollars a year in salary and that's you're pulling you know 50 60 hours a week at the club how do they, how they offset they, it a little bit by, by giving you lessons okay. and, and you get paid for the lessons, right? Like separate. Uh, like you get a large, you get a majority of the lesson price. Yeah. You get, you get some of the lesson price, but, but again, you're at, wow. you're working. And this is the other thing about a, a head pro is that a head pro is an operator of the golf course. Yeah. They are not playing. They're not even teaching that many lessons. They are organizing all of the tournaments that are run, they're making sure the course is running smoothly. They're fielding any questions from members or concerns, which there are many. Yeah. But it becomes all of a sudden like, I want to be in golf. And now I'm kind of like managing golf. I'm not in it anymore. Right. And, and also, though, you know, when I came to golf later in life. And so if I was 19 and someone said, yeah, you can be at the course every day and we'll pay you 22 grand and whatever, and maybe I live with my parents or my rent is low, I'd be like, that sounds pretty cool to me. Yeah. But I'm an adult man. I don't have the time to do 10 years as an assistant pro making way below minimum wage. Um, and also, I love playing golf, and I love being involved with golf. And 
I love the golf community in terms of I meet the craziest, the scale of the people that I meet and teach is insane. So just, just for reference, I taught a four-year-old on like a Wednesday. And then a couple hours later, I taught Deshaun Foster, who is a legendary running back, scored the most epic touchdown in the Super Bowl. Go look that up. It's really sick. Um, it's like I taught a four-year-old in the morning. I taught Deshaun Foster in the afternoon. And then the next day was like a couple's lesson with two people that were from out of the country. And, and so it's like I'm meeting so many different interesting people, and I'm bringing them the love of the game. It, and that to me is so exciting. But to kind of go back, you know, the PGA system is it's not a bad system. It's just very regimented. They want you to do things their way. They really want you to do it their way. And that's kind of why you go to school for four years. That's the other thing. I'm an adult, and they're telling me, basically, you have to go back to college kind of thing for four years. You can get, like, a law degree in four years, man. And I was already kind of instructing golf, and, and I, they were telling me, like, you know, you're going to learn our way of instructing golf. And I was like, but that's the opposite of what helped me when I wanted to get better interesting that's that's the opposite and so now they're telling me no no you're gonna learn how to teach this and I was like oh wow well that scared me because I was like that is why I felt like I didn't get better in the beginning and then once I started also with my students that's not how they get better and so I didn't want to teach their way they want you to go to four to seven times anyways all of that combined with the low wage the long hours and all this stuff um, and the exclusivity. It's not easy. Yeah. I will tell you something. I applied to 150 country clubs. This is wow. pre-COVID. 150 country clubs all over the country, not just Los Angeles. You're willing Angeles. to relocate. My resume, I sent them all this stuff. You know, I'm, I did the PGA of America qualifier past first time, you know, so I'm eligible and everything to do the program. And, and they're all like, don't have a spot. It, it was hard. And I was like, wait a minute. If you build it, they will come. Why do I have to do this their way? Why? Why? And also, that's not the way I teach, and that's not how my students get better. And eventually, I just said, fuck this, man. I'm going to do this on my own, and, I'm, and I don't want somebody telling me what to do. And it was a leap of faith, for sure. Um, but I just wanted to keep moving forward and teaching more people. And I didn't, and I, and I felt like the only way to do that was to do it on my own. I heard so many things there, right? I mean, the, 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 the thing that stuck out to me the most was um, kind of the origin of Random Golf Club, which came from within, like, the curiosity from Be The Ball, but ultimately seeing, like, the atmosphere that I want to soak up is that of the random universe that provides itself wherever you go. And the less gates you have to arrive there, the more uh, like like wild outcomes that you can have. Yeah, that was the first thing I heard, and then the other thing I heard that was really interesting was, you know, you know, j there's a there's a lot. I get a lot of messages, and I read a lot of emails and letters that y'all send about, um, you know, like loving golf so fucking much that you want to devote your life's path to being involved in the game and 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 being in the game really. And, um, and helping other people get in the game, being a shepherd and however you do that. And, you know, 
people talk about career changes. You went through like a massive career change, right? You were doing a lot of other things that I'm sure were way more lucrative. Absolutely. I mean, I was selling commercial real estate. So, yeah, let's back up. Yeah, I, I, I who, who is Dave Fink? <clears throat> Ten years ago, three minute life Dave? story. Yeah. Okay, three minute life story is. I'm a jock who is also like the class clown, but genuine to a fault sometimes. I don't know if that makes sense. Um, it's one of those things that I feel like when people meet me, it's kind of like a shock that there is no filter. Not in a negative way, but like, oh, wow, he's really saying what he is feeling. Um, and that's just kind of been how it has always been. But, yeah, I was an athlete in high school. I've been an athlete my whole life. Uh, but in high school, I tore my ACL twice. And I was going to go to college to play baseball. And nobody wants a shortstop with two ACL replacements by the age of 17. So I also love performing. I decided to go to college for acting. It was like a last-minute thing. Like, holy shit, I'm not going to be a major league baseball player. What do I do? Well, Drama class was cool, like it's super fun. Okay, let's do that. And also, to be honest with you, the competitive sports community is a little bigoted. And, you know, as a Jewish dude in Virginia playing baseball, not a super kind environment. And um, the acting kids were cool. They were just accepting, you know. It was, like, not about that. But anyways, go to college, do that, did acting, great. I was in Boston. Come to L.A. to do acting. I'm doing that. Um, I'm kind of advancing my career slowly, getting agents, managers, all these things moving up, moving up. But then it became about that and not performing. It was, like, 99% of it is, like, auditioning and trying to get the job and, like, and like networking, and then 1% of it is, like, performing. It's interesting because I, I, now I hear the same thing twice, which is that uh, the goal for you is the process. The goal isn't to be in a movie such that you're willing to put in, you know, all of this experience of your life in sort of like doing something you don't want to do, right? You, you want to enjoy what you're doing. I want to enjoy the process, though, too, because, right, it's about the process, not the destination. It's about the journey, not the destination, yeah. right? And so... But for me with the acting stuff, and this comes in huge with why golf was so special to me. Acting is subjective. So I could do everything perfect in the audition room, right? And you're the casting director. But in your head, the guy you saw for this role was like kind of blonde. <laughs> so like, yeah, that guy's great. But I just like, I see this guy as a blonde guy. So next, I didn't do anything wrong. I put in the hours of work, literally training with coaches, going over the script, rehearsing, blah, blah, blah. I kill it in the room, just not right because of your hair color or whatever it is. And there was a lot of criticism. It was constant criticism yeah. from, from your reps, you know, Ugh. lose. So I remember being like, Be different. I was 160 pounds and um, I felt like really in shape and they called me in. And they just said, you know, we feel like you need to lose another 30. Wait, that sounds like, unhealthy. 30, wait, what? That sounds unhealthy. 130, like they want to get you down to 130. Are you, a, are you boxing? My bloodline is, I don't come from like wafy little people. <laughs> like, like, you know, we're not obese, but I'm like a thick 
Czech, Eastern European, Jewish. Do like, you know, I got thick thighs, man. Like, I'm not a little, like, I don't know. Yeah, when I heard that, I was like, from where? Like, are you going to shave half my thighs off my body? It was just, it, it was toxic, you know? It got yeah. to the point where the industry was super toxic. And I was like, but wait, why am I doing this? Because I love storytelling. Not because I wanted to be famous. And, and that's what it sort of became is like, how do we advance your career? And I'm like, wait, wait, wait. I just want to tell stories right. and express myself and perform. And I was like, and now I realize that is not what this is. Right. And I've been bartending for 10 years and it's such a grind and I'm so broke and I just like want more stability. Right. So then I started, um, I just said one day, I'm tired of feeling this shitty about myself. I'm done with acting. And it was just like, I'm done with this. I still love performing. I love media. I love movies. Movies are, take me to a different place. You know, just stories in general. They're incredible. I love stories. So, but the acting thing, I just was like done with it. And, um, and so I got my real estate license. I started doing real estate. You know, in a way, real estate was cool for me because there's history involved with buildings. So like a cool story, like this was a peanut factory in 1920. And then it went through some changes, blah, blah. Now we're going to make it your creative office. And what's cool, the scale that they used to weigh the peanuts from 1920 still in the back. So like, and it still works. I want this place. Yeah. Right? It's literally, so, so that part of it, cool. Again, storytelling, like sort of there. Me. That's, that's part of what I liked about it. Um, but again, like I felt like through doing that, I wasn't helping people. I was making money. I was helping maybe like a, a corporation expand their financial portfolio. Um, but it didn't, didn't feel 100% like my heart was in it. I was definitely doing it for the money, um, which I thought was what I wanted because of acting making me struggle so much. Um, but anyways, what ends up happening is because of the bartending and everything and I ended up developing alcoholism it kind of runs a little bit in parts of my family and um, I'm like my friends called me the tank because it was just like I just wouldn't stop and I'm like I'm not throwing up I'm not falling asleep I'm just like dude this guy's still going that's insane um, but it just wasn't healthy and I, I got pancreatitis and uh, so it's, it was really scary. And they were like, hey, man, like, if you continue to drink, even like, you know, go out and take three or four shots, you could die. And um, your pancreas doesn't regenerate the same as like a liver. So if you damage it, it's kind of damaged for life. And, um, and it was like, holy shit, uh, I kind of almost killed myself. And, you know, a lot of it was from the self-hate that I kind of developed um, during, you know, the self, the super critical, toxic entertainment industry stuff that I was doing. Yeah. And, um, and it was like, holy shit, snap, wake up, you got to stop doing this. Um, but... Uh, that happened, I, so I got pancreatitis right after... I got my fourth ACL surgery. I had blown my knees out skateboarding. Like I've lived so many different lives. It's 
like weird to think about. But again, I love meeting new people. I love hearing stories. I love the feeling of community. So, you know, storytellers, if it's actors, community of storytellers. Um, if it's uh, baseball players, community of athletes. Um, golf, obviously the best community of all. But um, yeah, so I blew my knee, uh, skateboarding, again, great community, right? And like you guys are all kind of bonded and you have a, and it was great, but, um, and I skated my whole life, but I, I blew my knees out again. It was like I fucked my, my, I tore my ACL for the third time and, and both knees. And they brought me in and were like, we are gonna have to basically do a double knee replacement at the year 27. So you're not gonna be able to walk for six months because you have no cartilage left. So what they did was they drilled about 10,000 microscopic holes in my bone in the hopes that the marrow will bleed out and then kind of create like fake cartilage. But I, I uh, both knees at the same time, so I moved home to Virginia. I'm in Virginia for six months at my parents' house because I cannot walk. Uh, they told me, you're never skating again. And, that, and I skated my whole life, and it was such a good community for me, you know. And different than baseball, jockey community, skating's more of like a chill, like. Yeah, low-key. Um, yeah. And more hanging. It was like a horrible breakup, me and skateboarding. You yeah. Because they told me, you cannot ever do this to your knees ever again. So I found your SoundCloud. And, and it, it was a post that said, here's the link to the SoundCloud. It's a 30 minute meditation that you can do if you want before you're around. And I thought, I'm in, I'm gonna do this. So I did it. And um, like I said at the time, high 70s was good for me. Um, felt like I should be there more, but you know, I shot a 72 that day. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. Wait, was that your, that wasn't your career best though? At the time? At the time, I think it was. I had, I had wow. shot it before. This is, a lot of the stuff I'm gonna say, it sounds like a lie, because it's just that weird. I shot 72 six months after I picked up clubs. I believe it. It was just like the weirdest round where I was just like, not swinging very hard, I hit every fairway. I you're, hit. You're like a free spirit though, right? Like you, you have this kind of like, you're like, in more, ways than most people I feel like you're more connected to the moment and the spirit which is the way to play golf it has to be yeah and so wait I'm curious so, yeah, so bad, do you remember bad the things happen good things happen but do you remember which meditation it was the content of it at all because there were 10 honestly it was like I'm telling you I was early in on it it was and also I listened to all of them okay oh wow and what I would do is because so the first one 72 and I couldn't believe it, but I felt like that was what, you know, what was missing, right? Because I'm an athlete, but, but what is it that's stopping me from playing to my potential? Right. And then the meditation and then 72. And I'm like, holy shit, that's like, yeah. is this real? So then I, you know, I'm like, well, I got to do this again now. So then, and then I'm like, well, now there's, and you do have a great voice. <laughs> and especially though, during these be the ball, it was a little even toned back to be more. Oh, it was intentionally low key. Sure, but it was it was perfect. It was like calming. So I feel like a lot of people might have heard this already if you've been a long time listener of the podcast. But you know the the meditations themselves. Which so we did this experiment with USC where we took fifty golfers of all different skill levels and we made a documentary about teaching the meditation to see if they would get better at golf. So these meditations were um, I basically read them. I wrote them and read them, and the, the 
the the origin of that was like how can we take traditional meditation like knowledge and experience and apply it to um you know a task or a, or a, or an activity kind of like walking meditation so you you know you count while you're walking and you just try to get fully in the count and the interesting thing is that the, these 10 meditations are what led to the podcast because at the end of the filming, when the, when the filming was complete for Be The Ball at the time, um, I sent out a questionnaire to the 50 people that were involved and I said, you know, um, you know, want to get some stats, also would love you to color in like what your experience was like. And like a, a small handful of the responses were like, I really enjoyed listening to your voice. And I had never heard that or thought about that. I never, I never liked. But it's hard to imagine that because when you listen to your own voice, you oh god, think, it's terrible. Oh god, like this is the most cringe thing it's ever. But yeah. I hated it. It's look, you have a great voice, so yeah, no, that's just facts. And someone within that said, uh, you know, they said that they said something similar, like it's nice, it's relaxing to listen to. And then they said, you should consider starting a podcast. <laughs> I was like, what? I don't have anything to say. Yeah. I don't want to be on a microphone. Well, you have a lot to say. And it was, well, but I think also. You thought you didn't have anything to say, though. That's an interesting journey, right? You thought you didn't have anything to say. And I don't know, you filmed with Joseph Campbell, like the hero's journey? No, not yet. Okay, you're familiar with The Matrix. Yes. Familiar with Star Wars? Familiar with Star Wars. I'm a Star Wars. The Matrix is an easy one, but like in the beginning, everyone's telling Neo that he's the one, and he's like, I'm not the one. Right. right. And and I'm not saying I'm the one, but I'm saying I didn't recognize a gift that I had. And exactly. I do believe I do believe it is probably one of the things I'm No, but I'm, I'm, I'm the same I'm way though at. because before I started making golf tips, yeah. you know, and like exactly. sort of like um, putting it out there for other people to to experience, not just the person that I'm with giving the tip to. You know, they're telling me like people need to hear this stuff. Yeah. Because it's so helpful right away. It's different. It's like it's a feeling. It's not a super technical position. And so at first I'm like, no, really? Like, <laughs> do people really want, you know? And so I know I totally understand that 100%. Right. So, um, so, okay. So the meditation though. Yeah. Keep going. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. What's the story? So I'm like, is that a, f- is this a fluke? You know, after the first one, the first episode right. that I listened to and she's 72. Um, but the meditation stuff made sense to me because in, acting the conservatory that i'm in acting is they need you to go to a place where you're in the moment right so that you can actually genuinely react instead of like i'm surprised because the character's surprised in the moment like no you need to really just be here yeah and so we did a lot of meditation who was this teacher well, it's Emerson College, okay. so it's, it's you have a bunch of different. Yeah, he's teachers. downplaying it. It's it's a top conservatory. It's a top sure. conservatory. It was so hard how, to get like into. How big is your class? So, like two or three thousand kids audition, and they let in thirty, and then after your first two years in college, there's another round of auditions, and they cut it in half. Whoa! So then you go fifteen people for the last two years. You're with each other every day for six to seven hours. You go to every class together, and. Um, it's really, it's really intense. Like but Q school. Yeah, wow. It, it's really, it's really intense, but you know, they take you to places that you're like, because acting good, good acting is vulnerability for sure. And like just allowing things to affect you and cause everybody puts up a shell and it's a thing to protect yourself. And it's right. learned through society, you know, yeah. that if something really upsets you, maybe <laughs> whatever, but like deep down you're like that. I'm, hurt. I'm really hurt, man. Like, 
That's you golf. Know? And so being comfortable, yeah, it's, it's being comfortable, feeling comfortable in uncomfortable places. Yeah. yeah. And allowing you, that to happen to you. And do you apply that to golf though? The vulnerability. So this golf? is the thing. I knew that that was how to be a genuine performer, like a real actor was to, to, to let yourself feel. And in golf, like I had been trying to force it. And, you know, so when I would have a feeling of like, fuck, I'd be like, no, fuck that. Like, and try to fight it. Right. And then, and so much of golf is like, if you're not playing well, you need to learn to bow your wrist and like course management and all this stuff. And it's so outside of your head when really the game is in between your ears. And so then when I hear you say the meditation stuff and, and I'm like, wait, what if what I'm missing is bringing that vulnerability to my game and to the course and to what I'm thinking about what golf is? Because like a different sport, you can run on adrenaline. You can fuck somebody up just because you are like, and like force it, and you know, I'm going to kill this guy, like on the football field, I'm gonna knock this guy over. And you can do it, and if you are like, I am gonna fucking hit this to two feet from 240 out, it doesn't work like that. You have to be in the moment, you can't be thinking about the last shot, and you can't be thinking about the um, consequences of this shot or the next one, you have to be in the moment. So then when you're talking about meditating and sort of, in my mind, that made me feel like bring, be more vulnerable and honest. And I was like, holy shit, wait, there's something to that. And it was unique because people, and I think this is why people were telling you, do this. Mm. Because no one else was. And that was sort of what attracted it to me. There's yeah. plenty of stuff on how to get better. And of course I was watching YouTube swing, how do I fix my slice, other stuff like that. Um, or how to shoot, how to break 80, but what you were doing made the experience different. And, and that to me was what important. And so I kept doing it. I kept doing it because before around what I do before is I'd show up two hours early. I'd hit like a full bucket of balls. I'd put two like, um, practice sticks down on the green and like try to work on my putting path and like, dude, it's a lot, bro. So I'm like, hold on, hold on. It's a lot. Let me take like a couple minutes to stretch, do a couple air swings, and listen to E tell me to chill the fuck out. And and it just worked. And so my process became way different. My all of my grinding and and worrying was gone during the round, and it was more like I'm learning, and then I felt like I could grind after, like at the range. So let me, let me, first of all, I want to say, I want to actually invite Jojo to say one thing right after we come back from our ad break, which is going to take place now. Yeah. When we come back, you're going to hear the one tip that fixed Eric's game in the second half of this podcast. So stick around. Uni. Some like it hot. Like my pizza. Some like it gooey. What's the, what's the pizza you like? You like it when it's uh what's it called? Spotted? Leoparded. Leoparded. Yeah, leoparded. Well, what's your pizza order? You a pepperoni guy? No, I like a white pizza. I like a pizza bianco. A pizza bianco. This yeah. ma- has this man traveled before? Has this man gone on a plane? Uh, back to uni. They make the most insane pizza. But here's the thing: if you're listening to this and you don't have an uni, go get one. Just pause it. Yeah. We'll come come back when you get it. Because mm-hmm. they make 
the best pizza oven. Can I say that? I can you, say that. You can say that. And not only do they make the best pizza oven, the their pizza ovens make incredible pizzas very quickly. The Uni Let's pizza ovens see. come in two sizes. They have multiple fuel types. So no matter how you like to cook, there's one for you. I'm talking wood, pellets, charcoal, gas. You can bake pizzas, just like you said, at 60 seconds. Some of them are so portable, you can take them on vacation or to tailgate. While I make an uni, I got an uni in my house, and I love it. And you can light up the holidays if you go to ooni.com to get an uni pizza oven. Uh, they make an awesome gift. It's the gift that keeps on what? Giving. Baking. Baking. So um, yesterday, welcome back, first of all. Hope the ads were great. I'm sure they were. They were um, awesome. You love a good mid-roll. Bought so much shit. I fucking love a good mid-roll. I love a nice warm mid-roll about 10 a.m. on a Saturday. You know what I mean? Walking off the ninth, just grab a little mid-roll. Um, okay, so JoJo said something yesterday that was applying to what you were saying about being present, being in the moment, the Scottish saying that you heard. So there's an old Scottish adage um, that goes along the lines, and they're making fun of the golfer. They're saying that no golfer, uh, that golfer should be conscious of no more grass than will cover their grave. When we think about really what that means, they're saying they're making fun of the golfer who only stares down at the two-by-two foot of grass right around their ball. No, but they're saying that's what you should do. I'm not so sure. Oh, I I I saw that as saying... I'm a little confused here. No, when when you said it, no golfer should be concerned with anything more than the grass that covers their grave, meaning don't worry about the grass back there. Don't worry about the grass out there. Don't worry about the future or the past. It's so funny. See, I see it. I see it. And I think about, I think about the golfer who walks a whole round or plays a whole round and never looks anywhere else besides directly at their feet. Oh no, I don't think the Scot. If it's a Scottish saying, they they're not that tongue in cheek. Yeah, that's they're like, not that's, that. That's not their humor. It's kind of sarcastic. <laughs> no, I, I think I think it's a much more like kind of like traditional kind of Gaelic understanding of like is a stoic version of like the the grass is now. Whoa, dude, that can mean. So- now that I'm thinking about it, it can mean so many different things. Now I'm thinking of it like, wait, what was it? Beware of the golfer? What was the beginning of it? A golfer should be conscious. Oh, a golfer should be. Okay. Never a golfer mind. should be conscious of no more grass than will cover his grave. Yeah. Um, I like that. I mean, I think that can mean sort of, for example, you're on a perfect tee box on a par three, but it's over water. And then, yeah. so yeah, you're exactly. worried about the grass or, you know, on the green instead of like, hey, look at this. This is this is all you need to worry about is, is the little impact zone, which is actually, honestly, it's how I teach. Yeah, I just actually, that's where impact. I want to go. I just care, yeah. I just this is where I want to go. So um, I've, for a long time, I was with Dana Dahlquist, who I'm sure you know, El Dorado. By the way, though, I love Dana. Love and Dana. I've never met him, and we don't actually communicate we just like kind of like like and he likes some of my comments but um dana's a good guy dana. he told me about you long long before landon did, did not dana dana what um dana yeah dana's dana's interesting because he's like you dana know dana teaches elite golfers elite. Like Can I, tour I, just, players. I just need yeah like like but like dana and i are much different dana has been around for a lot longer than yeah. i have i started playing golf eight years ago i started coaching golf six years ago yeah so what's interesting about dana is like i love dana and like i got a lot out of working with him repeatedly when i was in los angeles i, I probably saw him you know 
10, 20 times a year. You know, and I would go down there and um, wow. he was in Be the Ball, actually. He's in, he has a scene where he talks about, he has an interesting scene in Be the Ball where he talks about um, when a golfer is struggling, they focus on, um, I need new equipment. And that's, that's because always, the, always. the money is in the equipment and the marketing is in the equipment. And they're, so, so culture, the culture of corporations has told us to focus on the equipment. And that's an unfortunate yeah. world that we live in. Yeah. They don't focus on, I need a lesson or I need to think about this differently. And so we talked a lot about that. Um, I will say, for me, I don't think I was good enough to really utilize Dana's teaching to the best ability. And a lot of it was about club path. And a lot of it, a lot of it was about very specific positions that which like, are important f- for the point oh one percent of golfers that yeah. p- that play for money and not a hundred dollars with your buddies, like to pay their mortgage. Yeah, but it was kind of like it was kind of like for for me with Dana, like I was focusing a lot on like my hands and the club head and like a lot of things that mm. were like that I didn't really have control over, honestly. Like the shaft is almost like, it would almost be like looking at a dessert and being like, that doesn't taste good. Um, we need um, we need a different garnish. And it's like, well, not really. You I actually almost... need different flour. And, and so, and really I just want to get to this thing where it's like, and then I've had a lot of other lessons with a lot of other people. And it's like, it's a lot of it is about things that I can't really control. And what you did is you got into the soup of the swing. And you really, I swear to God, like it's been 11 or 12 years now. I've been like, I love the golf swing. I love learning. Mm. I put those two together. I'm a happy person. Acquisition of knowledge for me is, yeah, I am hot, a, hot on that. a turn on. Yeah, yeah I mean, I get kind of, you can say it. It turns me on. It gets me off. <laughs> so, so, but what happened last night um, was... I really looked at the swing from a much different place. I didn't look at it from the club, the shaft, the head, the grip. I didn't look at it from the from the ball. I didn't even look at it from the ball flight. We looked at it from the body. And you didn't really tell me much. You showed me one thing. You know, like we can get into it, but basically you held onto the club head with all your weight and I tried to move you. First with my arms, which is what my swing currently is. But you didn't even, you weren't conscious of this, right? No. I just, basically you go to the top of your swing and you hand me the club head. And I hold on to it with a, a firm grip. Two and hands. I, and, yeah, two hands. With his weight on it. And I just say, can you bring me off my feet? And I couldn't. And then you showed me that if I pushed off of my, inside of my right foot and into my left pocket, the, the, the feeling is very simple. In transition, use the inside part of your trail foot because right I'm going to talk um, so that lefties feel included. What's up, lefties? All right. So your back foot. Back. The inside part of your back foot. You want to feel like that pushes your front pocket about an inch forward, but then behind yeah. you. And then, so we, so we and got that. And then you that. can hit with the hands. So we got that pulling feeling, right? And I was able it's to pull not, you. I, w- I wouldn't say it's a pulling feeling. It's, um, so it's showing you how you think power is created. Sure. Yeah. In the golf I got a powerful feeling. I was able to create enough power to 
knock you off your feet more or less, right? Or to, to, to change your... For, bring me forward, man. Forward. Yeah. And so, and then you paired that with this concept of the upper body is soft and supple and tension-free. And, and it really took this entire experience of the golf swing and changed it into it. Because I think as, as learners, we have to keep it simple. Um, you know, and, and that was really one of the most profound aspects of it all because within a very few like swings and, and like interjections, if you will, or like doses of knowledge, you were really, I guess a dose comes in a syringe nowadays. I don't know. Like, let's go. Um, mind you, because they hit a little bit different. (laughs) They hit deep. So, so with, with this idea of a strong bottom, that's, 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 you know, moving forward and creating power into this left side. And then with this idea of a soft top that to me looked like an octopus, right? Of just yeah. like, just take the club back, be chill, and then move the bottom. And it's like everyone would say, fire the hips. But like, fire the hips doesn't mean anything. You can tell me to go downtown, but that doesn't mean anything. So you needed to show me. Fire the hips. Feels like. Keep your left arm straight, pronate, yeah. swing into out. I'm gone. Like, I'm just saying, yeah. how many times? To- stop swinging feet, over yeah, the dude. top get shallow these are all in my mind were buzzwords and um so what i showed you last night is the first thing that i do with all of my students because it's that effective i got dave fink one but it's it is is, well that's i love it i'm sorry actually that is not true the first thing that I do with a very high handicap player, 20 handicap players, I just explain, not the swing, yeah. but what is supposed to be actually happening at impact between the face of the club and the golf ball. Yeah. Because v- looks are deceiving. It looks like the club is going up and then down and then like right at the ball it goes up again. Yeah. And so most people try to do that and it looks like that's what's happening. And when I was starting out, I never heard anyone tell me that that was wrong or not to do that. So I go through, look, there are two ways to hit a golf ball. The ball is either on the ground or it's in the air on a tee. On a tee, yeah. So that's about 10%, right? Right. So let's go over real quick, ball on the ground. Cool. You want to use the face of the club to hit the back of the ball instead of using the sharp part of the bottom of the club to perfectly wedge under the ball, which it also looks like that's what's happening. Yeah. Not what's happening. That's not what is actually happening. It's the back of the ball being squeezed in between the face and the ground, and the ball, like, rides the face and jumps into the air, which is almost doesn't make sense when you first hear it, so I have to hit the ball into the ground to make it go in the air. Because if you gave a caveman a golf club and just said, this ball needs to go in the air, like they would imagine or move their body to kind of alter. So anyways, that's the first thing is that is that when the ball is on the ground, we're actually not trying to get under it. We're just trying to hit the back of it and then kind of down and keep that club face moving through the turf for five inches past the ball. And then the easiest way to explain it is skipping a stone on a pond. So the angle that the stone enters the water to skip, that's the angle that I want the club head just entering the ball. Yeah. And I go through all of this before showing setup, grip, anything, anything. Yeah. And then the second way is the ball is in the air. So the ball's already in the air. We need to just swing around it. And if, if you're listening like, and you're like, I want to 
I want this. To be clear, we filmed about a 10-part instructional oh, yeah. series with Dave. Well, Very to, going over like the most important parts, because this is, a, this is golf's really hard because it feels like there's so many things yeah. to learn. And the stuff that you were mentioning earlier about club path, hand positions, you know, stuff that Dana goes into. Um, the golf swing happens in 1.2 seconds. Fire. I'm not a super fucking computer in my brain. I can't even do like multiplication without my calculator on my phone. Yeah. How am I supposed to do 30 things correctly during 1.3 seconds? Down to like a micro that, micrometer of accuracy. That's insane. It's crazy. And, and so like, for, and is, is really, is that correct? Anyways, uh, the easiest way for people to get better is the first thing is, wait, what is supposed to be happening with this golf ball yeah. and this golf club? And then, and then, so after I do that, then I show them, let's, 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 I just want to show you how to create the most power. Yeah. And then we do the drill that we did and you'll see it, you'll see it. It's great. Or, or, it's great. So, but Let what me. I do is, and we don't even, I don't even have a student hit a golf ball for the first 40 minutes. And what's funny though is, so I'll have them hit three shots when they first get there. And I say, I'm not going to say anything. You just go ahead and hit three shots and I'll record their swing. And then we talk. I don't have them hold the club even. They're just like listening to what I'm saying. Then I go, okay, now that you know that the club head is basically, you're skipping a rock on water, hit a couple balls. And it's like, they look back at me like, that felt crazy. Yeah. Like it felt like, like nothing, like perfect. Like I've only had that feeling in my hands, like maybe never. And it's so easy, and it's but you now have a clear objective. Yeah. When the objective is to get your club path three degrees right, so that the dynamic yeah. loft is four instead of five, dude. Like I lose what? It. I don't have that. What? I mean, there's a few players that do. No, so, no, no. That's important again yeah. for people that are at the level. Think about it. Ninety-nine percent of golfers do not benefit. Yeah. From that type I would of say thinking. More than that, yeah. Because look. What happens is now you're playing yourself in your mind and golf becomes less fun yeah. because golf's fun on the day when you got like um, you get an email from your boss that you got a promotion and now you're like not really thinking about your swing at all. You're just kind of like in a good mood and you're striping the ball. And you're like, damn, that felt easy and fun. And that's the feeling of good golf. Yeah. The feeling of bad golf is standing on the tee going, just let me check uh, P2 through P4. Cool, that's yeah. good. All right, now let me just check my shoulder alignment. All right, I'm going to get the slight tilt, and then you're already, you've lost. And it's not fun. Yeah. So you're, for, there's a lot of listeners in LA. So uh, tell us, like, where do you, like, where do you like to teach most in LA? So when I first started out, tried to get a spot on a range, couldn't do it, tried to go to the country club range. They don't, also let you teach outside players right at a private country club that you can only teach the members yeah at the club i love people i love sharing the game with anybody um and and i truly feel like you can get better at golf no matter who you are like quick enough to have fun playing right not to be a pro but to have fun playing and a lot of golf instructors make it feel like that is impossible. 
you're going to need to come see me 30 times <laughs> over the next three months to even break 50 through, you know, it's like, it's like a root canal. Yeah. No. And, and honestly, like, I'm sorry. And to be honest with you, I don't get as much return business as frequently as I should, because I fucking give it all away in the first 30 minutes. Yeah. Because that helps so much that people can go and work on that and then they get better and better and they come back to me for changes or, or sorry, sorry, just like um, adjustments or like refreshers. But I'm not the coach that's like, all right, come back two more times this week so we can finish working on that. The feeling is so understandable. Yeah. And like quickly you can use it. And so what happens is I'll teach a guy two lessons and I won't hear from him for four months. And then I get a text. Hey, man, uh, I won long drive yesterday in the charity scramble. Uh, hit it 360. And um, <laughs> and then and this is like a guy who's a 19 handicap. And also check this out. Screenshot of his handicap. It's like five. Give him two lessons. And in like five months, he dropped, went from like a, a 19 to like a single digit. You know what you like, should do is you should, fuck? you should uh, don't charge for the lessons. Charge for their handicap. <laughs> Every stroke that you Every start stroke, to it's drop. $100. No, because then people are going to start eight-putting the last hole so they don't have to pay up. <laughs> people will not be doing that. <laughs> no, but... Um, Get equity in their swing. No, so... so swing, swing equity. When dude. I first started... Wait, that's another good one. When I first started, I would basically sneak around in L.A. at, like, driving ranges, and, you know, they're not cool with that, and it feels sketchy, and I... Did you ever get in trouble? Yeah, definitely. Like, because people are territorial, you know, and... The one good thing about being on a range at a public course is, like, I'm teaching somebody and, you know, people two, two stalls over kind of, like, start listening. Yeah. But they see, like, the guy I'm teaching is, like, a hacker. And then all of a sudden they look over and they're like, is that the same hacker? My guy's striping like, it. Fucking hitting really good shots. Yeah. And then other stuff, like, they'll hear me talking about the golf swing. And like you said, it was so different than a I'm sorry, probably 95% of the instruction you've received. Sure. And so they're like, start kind of listening a little more. And I can see them then themselves trying it out. And then always when I'm leaving, they stop me and they're like, hey, are you a teacher? Because it's like, I'm not doing the te normal teacher stuff. Right. It's kind of hard for people to understand. They're like, wait, but you're a teacher, right? And, and then I say, yeah, yeah. But, you know, I want a home. I wanted a, a, a home base, and I was really trying hard to get on a range. Um, L.A. City right now. If you want to be an instructor, you have to pay ten thousand dollars upfront in cash for an extra clause on their insurance policy to cover some things that are personal liability issues. But that is a big ask upfront, and there's a lot of rules. Would you want to do that if you had if someone was going to give you ten thousand dollars? No, probably not. Because, and this is why. But then you get a stall. You get a stall, but, but check this out. You're hitting shitty range balls. You don't really know how far they're going. I mean, I have equipment. I, I could bring it to the range. There are other people there. The bathroom is far away. Uh, it's the, sometimes, the bathroom is sometimes right into the sun. Do you um, not like Rancho? Huh? No, Rancho's cool. But, but, but this is what I'm saying. Eventually, I just said, fuck it. If I build it, they will come. I have this close friend, Jeff, Jeff Kwong. He's a professional F1, F2, F3 sports car driver who has retired. He won three times 
F3 races. He was a test driver for Formula One. He retired. Um, we met on the course. I mean, look, that's why I love golf, right? I never know who I'm going to meet. I love booking a twosome and, like, showing up, and, like, I'm always so stoked to see who the other two people are. Um, and I hate when it's insular and they don't talk and it's, like, a very – but I love, oh my God, I love it. You get two older dudes, you know, and you just get the vibes going. And like, I, I love that. But, and so that was kind of like Jeff. We met, we played, vibed. He loves golf. Um, Semi-retired, you know, when, you, when you're like an elite sports car driver or whatever, um, you kind of retire early because you have your career 10, 12, 15 years. And then you, you're kind of have a little money. And yeah. anyways, he was kind of looking for his next thing. And, um, he has this big backyard and he owns his own home. And so the pandemic happened. Golf's hard to get to the rail. A lot of the ranges were closed for a long time. So we end up, I buy an Opti shot, which is such a shitty entry-level, like, guesstimation, false reading simulator. But um, eventually, we're like, what if, you know, we start to just think, this is a big space back here. Why don't we just rip everything out, completely redo it, and just make it the Dave Fink Golf Studio? That's a really good friend. <laughs> Jeff, uh, is, Jeff is a good friend. So I Jeff, love the origin story. Jeff Kwong... I'm also getting emotional. Yeah, I mean, it's like, that's a big deal. I love you, buddy. <laughs> I love you, man. Yeah, Jeff. <clears throat> Jeff's a special guy. Um, and uh, and Jeff's kind of like a, Jeff's a silent dude, you know. Doesn't post a lot on Insta. You know, doesn't really care about that. He's just a really genuine guy. And, um no, Jeff's the cool dude. But Jeff and, Jeff, and, you know, like I said, Jeff's semi-retired, looking for his next thing, loves golf. And we talked about this earlier, you know, people are like, how do I make my life more about golf, you know? And Jeff's like, well, I got the space. You've got the business. And so we partnered. We just partnered. And um, Jeff ripped everything out. And we put in a putting green, a small chipping area, a full hitting simulator. Uh, we got a legit great launch monitor and we built out a small gym. Wow, dude. Have you seen pictures of this? I have. Landon told me about it. He's, I've been hearing about it for a long yeah, time. Yeah, so, so Isn't like. It open? Yeah, it's, it's, it's open, but we're constantly. Could you, could when, you go next week? Eric's in LA. Open. Absolutely. No, it's open full time. I teach 7 a.m. to 9 p.m. Um, every single day. Um, I don't take days off unless I, the thing is because I love content creating now, um, and I'm not doing it for the, f when I get a message from a guy that's in Wisconsin and says, Hey, I've been following your page for three months. I think he liked two of my posts, you know, not even, didn't even know this dude existed following your page for three months. I shot a 76 last week because of your tips. And I, and I get stuff like I unfollowed all the other golf instructors I follow because it was confusing me and making me upset. And like, I feel like, and, and to me, I'm like, holy shit. So then that's what pushes me to keep creating the content is because I'm sharing it with other people. And I love that. I love 
Golf should be fun. It should be fun. And when other people have fun, I am fulfilled. I I mean So the studio is open. Um the, the you just you coordinate through me. You just hit me up. Um I don't like if I'm at the studio and you want to do a same day thing, it totally is depending on my schedule and, and the other students because yeah. they have priority, but usually 24 to 48 hours notice, we set it up um, and we do all, everything from, yeah, wait, we do it all. It's great. I can't wait to come check it out. Where, where is it? Is it? It's in, so right below South Path, that, right below South Pasadena, Alhambra. Okay, so between it's, it's Glendale two, and Pasadena. two blocks away from Alhambra Golf Course. Oh, man, I can't wait, dude. Yeah, and so we got, we got like, you know, we, got, we bought dope speakers. Yeah. You know, we keep the fridge stocked with, like, cold beer, cold nice. water, you know, the nice. bathroom's right there. It's, so it's, it's nice, yeah. and it's a very private environment. That's the other thing. A lot of people, you know, if you want to work on your swing and you want to hit bad shots, which is the exact time practice is the time to hit those bad yeah. shots, and they get embarrassed, and that affects your ability to learn. Yeah. So when you're in a private setting, I let you put on your own tunes, and we just work on it, man. And you just talk to me, and and it's just That's us, true. and it's just us. So I, I it's wait. great. Yeah, it's great. Well, there's I think there's only one more thing that like I feel like we have to cover. Yeah. And that's the breaking series you were in. Okay. Do you want to quickly hit on that experience? Yeah. So so don't you know? Obviously, don't tell us what happened. No, for but, sure. But um, uh, I, what I would love to ask you is, you know, very specifically, you've been on camera a lot playing golf. But I'd love to hear if this was a unique experience for you. You know, you don't have a competitive golf background. How did that feel? And, and just what was that like? Yeah. Um, it's not that I don't have a competitive golf background. It's competitive golf is so hard. It's so much different. When I got good kind of fast, I'm like, well, I'm good, you know, with a couple friends, but what's it like really playing real golf when the stakes are on? So I started playing competitive golf, you know, again, I am not trying to be a pro golfer. I wanted to know what that was like, you know, can I do it under pressure? And so I've been in plenty of competitive golf situations. I love to, I love competing. I'm a very competitive person and, um, and I love golf. So I'll still do that. But, uh, yeah, I did not play competitive golf in college. Look, people like Claire, you're D1 for four years. I can't, I don't even know how many, how many rounds, competitive rounds is that. That's yeah, like Claire hundreds. Hogle. What was it like to play with Claire? So had, the, you, had you and her interact? This is Claire Hogle, you yeah. know, like a very widely known um, yeah. golfer. Yeah, Claire, you know, obviously a beautiful woman and, and got a, you know, a beautiful swing and, um, you don't see as much of her personality, I think in some of her posts cause there it's just her and her swing. And so I was unsure, you know, how good she was. Obviously the swing is like, that looks like she's a pro golfer. It's like, an <laughs> like, incredible like no, like, like it looks like a, a tour swing. Um, but you never know, and, you know, I honestly never judge people on what they do or don't do on the one day I play golf with them or whatever, but you can tell if somebody's got game, and holy shit. 
I just wasn't expecting it to be like that. Yeah. I've played with a lot of other people. I've been on camera and playing golf before. So this is the biggest difference between breaking and, and this whole experience and what I do. When I'm on camera, it's in the middle of a round, and we're on a par three, and there's two groups on the tee. So I go, let's go, let's go back to the last hole. Let's, go, let's do a tip in this bunker. And I bring my buddy who's like my buddy Evan, Doc. He's, he's a trauma doctor. Full-time trauma doctor. Wow. Yeah, yeah. He pulls 72-hour shifts. He lives in the hospital sometimes. Steady hands, perfect camera operator. Whoa. Oh, yeah. Steady hands. So, But, again, not a camera operator. Doesn't give a shit about social media. Is a real trauma doctor. But I'm like, can you just hold the camera? And so when I am on camera or if I have him film me playing a hole or whatever, it's just me and him. And he's just holding my iPhone. I and so it. it's a wildly different experience than something that is – you know, highly well produced, not just one iPhone and please stand close enough to me. And I hope there's no wind right now. Right. <laughs> there's no mics, there's no nothing, there's no. And so it's way different. So going back to the breaking series, like when, like, and so I, okay, I've played competitive golf. I've played competitive golf, never on camera. And also never with people that I genuinely care about. I gave Sam a lesson full lesson the day before the series. Um, and so I'm... A, and describe and Sam to the... To the Sam is the sweetest dude ever. You know, not a social media personality or anything. Just, not yet. Well... It'll happen. Not yet. He is a rock star. That's all I'll say. Um, so Sam, totally my kind of dude, skateboarder, you know, so we bonded over that. Uh, beginner golfer, picking up the game, has really no ego, is very honest, you know, don't really know what I'm doing, but I love playing. So I give him a lesson, and you'll see in the lesson, the progress was, can I say what it was, or we'll hold off? Say what the progress was. Okay, so we're playing from the tips, by the way, in this breaking series. I play from the tips. I always play from the tips. Um, no, I, I usually play from the tips. Uh, so, but for somebody like Sam, um, I didn't know how far he hit his driver. You know, some people who are a 20 can hit it really far. Some, most people, not so much. Uh, we put him on the launch monitor um, before we did the lesson just to get some base numbers. And JoJo and I just kind of looked at each other for a second because the carry numbers at first were... 175, and this is with a driver. From 7,200 yards at a golf course, the carry sometimes is upwards of 250 to even reach to the fairway. So I'm going to just glance at each other, okay. That might be tough. Um, so a little nervous, and then we do the lesson, and it's like, so, so we do this lesson, the actual swing lesson that we did, the driver lesson, probably 10 minutes, right? Maybe less. Maybe less. Maybe like seven minutes. Maybe like seven minutes. And so we had two or three drives from him on the launch monitor, and I, I recorded the screen so we have the data. Um, so we two or three shots, seven-minute lesson. The next three shots were in – so the first – the first three shots were around a 91 to 92 mile an hour club head speed, missing off, crazy off the club face and carrying around 170. 
to anywhere to like 200. The last three were 103 mile an hour club head speed. And so on camera, we said, we're going to do a five minute lesson and I'm going to add five miles an hour club head speed in those five minutes. We did like a five minute lesson and we added like 12. Jeez. I mean, and, and it was carry a, numbers. Tell, tell, what are the carry numbers? The carry went from like 178, 190 to like 250. Jeez. And then, I mean, my eyes got big. His eyes got big. The sound was different. The flight of the ball was different. And immediately it was like this wave of relief washed over me because I just knew like <laughs> he's going to have no problems tomorrow. I love it. Finks but, you know, it. also the scary part is you take a lesson and you feel like you kind of got it, but how easy it is, is it to take it to the course, yeah. right? And so, and that's always the question. Yeah. And <laughs> to toot my own horn, my stuff is understandable. You don't need to grind over it to understand it and What's to feel it. And Sam, <laughs> the, pro, the, the the his ability to take it to the course was Cray. You you'll have to wait for when the video comes out. I can't find say out what anymore. Happens. I can't say. He's anything. not allowed to say anything I can't else. Say anything else. Dave, tell us where to find you. And thank you so much. Yeah, I'm on Instagram. Um, I'm big on TikTok. Um, you like TikTok? No, I don't like it I as get much as TikTok. Instagram. It's not. I don't get to show myself as much and who I really am. Follow me on Instagram. You can set up a lesson directly with me. I also do a lot of virtual lessons. Again, oh, cool. what's cool about golf, I teach people all over the world. I love that. Through FaceTime. Um, yeah. And um, it's, it's been great. So, yeah, come see me it's whenever. Dave. And then the, for on-course lessons, um, sorry, voice crack. For on-course lessons, you pick the course, you book the tee time, and we get after it. And I, I literally caddy you and coach you through every single shot that you take we do nine holes or 18 holes student chooses that's awesome um so it's dave fink f-i-n-k golfs right that is correct and that on tiktok as well same on tiktok dude i can't wait to hear stories from people listening to this and then like maybe even having an impact there and then you know like i think the impact on, is real on, on the random golf club well. going go to random golf yeah, club I mean, on instagram I think, watching the lessons we yeah, shot yeah it's gonna be a lot of fun watch the lessons um, take the pressure off yourself to trying to be perfect, I would say, is like the one piece of advice I'll give people and just get back to having it be super fun. Yeah. And so getting better, it shouldn't feel like that depressing or hard. Find somebody or some way to, you know, make it a little more comfortable so that you can get back to, to playing a little bit more freely and less mechanically. We, we want to hit shots. We don't want to make swings. Yeah. You know. Thanks so much, that. Dave. Yeah. Thank you guys so I just quickly I know I'm like blabbing on, but you know, thanks for noticing that what I do is you know, it's it's way different. So it's like, is this guy for real or whatever? And um but we vibed so well because and I was aware of you. Obviously, I, you know, we sent emails and stuff, but I wasn't sure how everything was going to go right? Or, or what people were like in person or how people were going to receive me because that's all through your lens, you know? And it was just like, 
immediate glue. Like, me and Claire, like, we're, like, best friends. Yeah. And, like, I'm not even just saying that for the camera. Like, we we literally stayed up talking about, like, deep life shit. Yeah. For, like, hours. And this is off no sleep. We needed to sleep. Yeah, we needed It's just we all bonded so much over our – we all have the same mission statement, I feel like. Get more involved in the golf community. Play more golf. Enjoy – everything about it more yeah i mean i think that's it so thank you so much for everything for having me out for letting me share how i think about golf um for all the literally <laughs> like the merch disgusting golf merch sorry you're only ended with this you're only gonna see me in rgc stuff from now on sorry everybody i'll end it with this there may or may not be a really sick collab coming out soon. Don't leak it. Don't I can't say anything we got, else. We got a tea time. More. We got to run. We got a tea time. No, no, no. We got a tea time. We got to wrap it up. But look, bottom line, JoJo. JoJo is a fucking king. Eric is the prince, I'd say. I'd probably <laughs> probably reverse those. Well, the prince gets a little bit more pampering. The king's got to run shit. But, um, dude, yeah. no, you guys are both. <laughs> all right, scratch that. You're both official legends and, like, seriously, close to my heart, close buddies. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm grateful. Thank you. Same, man. Thank, Thank you so much, you. Dave. All right, everybody. That's it. <laughs>